Today we're fortunate to have Jitesh Patel, or JP as he's known, on the Gritty Leaders Club podcast. JP is the CEO of Peldon Rose, who are design and build experts, creating workspaces to inspire and engage people and help businesses deliver through highly motivated and collaborative cultures. Based in their own stunning offices in Wimbledon, they have helped transform client office space for the last 34 years. Their clients have included Ocado, Heels, a huge number of financial institutions in the city, Twinings, Budweiser, The White Company, Pret-a-Manger, Moo, Friends of the Earth, Google, Save the Children, Revlon, and many more. They've won awards galore, most recently the International Property Awards for Five Star Best Office Interior in London and the UK. They've also won the Sunday Times Top 100 Companies to Work For, number 42. JP was also IOD Director of the Year for London South and the South West in 2021. When I was editing this episode, I was reflecting on what makes JP such a gritty leader. I think the facts speak for themselves. Peldon Rose have grown out of COVID. They're even more in demand from businesses who understand more than ever how important great office design is in our new 3-2 split weeks. Great office space isn't just essential, it's a differentiator. So let's get into the interview. I really think you're going to enjoy it. Well, JP, it's great to have you on the podcast today. I've wanted to have you on here for some time. And I want to get straight into a question for you. How did you become CEO of Pelham Rose? What's the journey that got you there? Well, great, Ian. Thanks very much. It's great to be on this podcast. My journey with Pelham Rose, well, my, my journey with Pelham Rose started quite a few years ago, actually. And it's probably best described as starting when I left university. As a graduate, I went into accountancy and joined a firm called BDO. Mm-hmm. Some may know of it. At BDO, the first client that I went visiting as a junior auditor was Pelham Rose. They were based in Kingston, Clarendon House, and it was a very wet winter's morning that I got off at Norbiton Station. It was raining, I got drenched, and like the audit junior, I was carrying all the files to the job. So that's where I first came across Pelham Rose. I then spent seven years qualified and met a lot of other businesses, got to see Mm -hmm. a lot of other businesses. But the one business that always stayed in my mind was Pelham Rose because it was such a warm, welcoming environment when I went there as my as my first experience. And what I would say is I didn't find another business like it. So when I had the opportunity to leave the profession and join industry, I started at Pelham Rose as a finance director, mm-hmm. very quickly moved on to a commercial director, and then they had a management buyout um, and now run the business as CEO. So when was that, JP? Give us a date. Like most people, I remember my first experience really, really well. 17th of August, 1998. So that really is imprinted on your mind, isn't it, JP, that date? Now, I've brought, as you know, many people along to Pelden Rose over the years, and the culture does shine through. Is that the key differentiator for Pelden Rose? Is that what gives you the edge, or is it more than that? No, I would say that at the heart of 
the business edge would be our people. We put people first and there's a lot of things that emanates. The fact that our people genuinely feel cared for, are cared for, they then reciprocate that they care for the business and they care for what the business is there to achieve as well. So people is definitely at the heart of our competitive edge. So let's get specific here, JP. Many CEOs would say, yeah, it's all about our people. If I care for them, they'll care for our customers and so on. But what is it that you've done here that actually makes the difference? Well, I think I think there's a combination of things. Firstly, I think that as as a leader of a business, as an owner of a business, you've got to you've got to know and understand your value system. That understanding the value system is really really important. And then finding a way to embed that value system into the business. So we mm-hmm. have a number of businesses um, and business leaders that talk about core values. Core values are really, really at the heart of Peldon Rose. A game changer for our business was when we actually took those um, core values and we put them um, on the table and we got the whole buying of the business. We understood why we were a great business, that we did things really, really well, but we didn't really understand until we evaluated really took a deep dive into our core values, why we were like that. And once we understood that, building the business around our core values and and people are at the centre of our core values. We don't believe that you can actually have a quality business without having quality people. And you would have heard me talk about this previously, you know, culture trumps strategy. You can have the best business idea, we can have the best product, and we have lots of them at Pelton Rose. But if you don't have the right culture, which is driven by your people, fully empowered, inspired and trusted, then you will not be able to put that strategy into play successfully. And that's that's what we've done. So it starts right from the top. Understand the value system. Be genuine about it. Don't don't fake values. Mm. They've got to be real values that you really believe in. And then let the whole business cascade that down. Let them understand it. Don't dictate them but let the business understand why it's important. And with their buy-in, when whatever decisions they're faced with, they will always be able to fall back on the value system of the business and do what is right. Not necessarily from a personal perspective, but from a business perspective. So JP, where did these values come from? Were they from your head, your heart? Were they from your leadership team, from different people in your business? And how do you actually use them day to day? So, I think I think businesses um, that are established, and you've got to remember, I joined a business which was already established. But and and actually, even if you're not an established business, you start with something, and before you have evaluated what the business stands for, because most people don't start a business by going, "This is our value system." You've actually established some values in the business, and so. I think the key thing, certainly for Pelham Rose, was to bring together the the core of the business. And at the time we did it, we were about 40 people. It's not mm-hmm. too difficult bringing 40 people together, but we brought a, a smaller core together. And we said, why, what does this business mean for you? Why are you here? What are you passionate about? And why do we do what we do? And from that, we established a whole bucket of, of values. And as a leader, I think it's really important that we listen to what's coming from that team first. Rather than being a top-driven organisation, I'm a firm believer in listen first, mm. evaluate what's being said. It may be that we need to then um, try and navigate some other values into that ecosystem of mm-hmm. values. So we then distilled that down within that core team. 
We then went on a road show with the whole business. Um, and that's not just the internal stakeholders, which are obviously our employees, but we also talk to clients, we talk to our subcontractors, our partners out there. And in, in, in a couple of cases, we talked to advisors and said, how do you see this from the outside in? So we effectively did a 360 on it and got a real alignment into those value systems. So, you know, you asked, what do we believe in? We have five core values. We have client for life. That is all about making the client centric to everything we do. We have sustainable foundations. Now, this was well before sustainability was being talked about, but we want to make a positive impact on the world. But we also look at sustainable foundations as our financial rigor to make sure that we have a really solid financial business model that means that we can provide security for all of our people and all of our partners and stakeholders. And then our people values, which is all around people come first. That is um, about making sure that we are always constantly thinking about our internal stakeholder group mm -hmm. and developing them as well as looking at how they are operating um, within the business. And, you know, if, if I take those kind of three core values, they mm -hmm. become the ones that really lock the business mm -hmm. together. We then have what we call, we, we've, we've slightly changed it. It used to be creative thinkers, but it, it is innovators and creative thinkers mm -hmm. now. And that is all about always stretching the boundary rope. It's always pushing further. What can we be doing that is going to be stretching us even further? A great set of values, JP, and I love the fact they were developed in a 360-degree way, not only internally but with your, your clients and partners and so on. And I love the fact also that it starts with client for life because that puts a lot of implications on how you treat a client and you don't want a quick buck. You want something that's going to last and last and be sustainable over time. So I really like them. Tell us more about this edge you've talked about, how does it come about in your relationship with the client? So we are not driven by just the bottom line. Our sustainable foundations mean that every person knows that when we're delivering work, we want to make sure we're adding value, adding value to the client and adding value to the business. But when faced with a decision that they, you know, a client, they need to do an extra bit of work for the client, should it be charged for, shouldn't it be charged for, they're able to take the other values as well. And they're able to say, right, okay, let me let me look at this whole client for life. This, you know, what is the expectation from the client? How do I exceed this client's expectation? How do I make sure that this only wants to come back and work with Teldon Rose again? And so we empower our people to take that decision. If they understand the values, yeah. then they can take those decisions without management having to get involved or mm. decisions not being taken. And that's a paralysis in business when mm. decisions don't get taken. So you're now about 120 people. Is that right, JP? Yeah. So with 120 people, you cannot be making the decisions everywhere. They've got to be making those smart decisions at the coalface without you. So let me give you a follow-up question why do people willingly follow you and the leadership team in Peldon Rose what's the secret source that you've got that means people will put in that discretionary effort and they will willingly follow the leadership in Peldon Rose that's a really really interesting question Ian and I don't think it boils down to just following the leader. I think you have to look at Peldon Rose 
And yes, leadership has a big role to play, but what is it about the business that attracts talent, retains talent as well? And we are very proud of our retention strategy. We're a firm believer in not having a revolving front door. When we get people in, we want to make sure that they are satisfied with everything that Feldman Rose has to offer so that they don't they don't want to move walk straight back out of that revolving front door and i think that that is achieved by two things let me lead with the business first i think is really really important the culture of a business and culture is uh, culture the many definitions of culture i've attended so many great sessions on culture inspirational speakers but you know in my own book culture is about what it feels to um, work in an organization and we are constantly looking at that and enhancing that experience we want our people and we offer our people development in the business personal growth is really really important so continually striving to be better and developing people on top of that it's the colleagues that you have it's the whole ecosystem we create of support for each individual between their colleagues and and that team and that collaboration is so important to holding a business together and then on top of that, it's what that team then gets to work on. I think with a business, you have to have clear vision of what you stand for, your market, your product, and your positioning of your product. Um, so in our case, when we're looking at the commercial real estate sector, we have a very clear definition of the, the marketplace we want to be in, the product we want to offer, and how we've positioned our product. And the benefit of that is we recruit to that. So the people we recruit want to work in that market mm -hmm. with that premium product or not as the case may be and in terms of the work that we put into the business that work then satisfies them and i think as long as you have that culture um, that really does knit a business together. And then on top of that, I think you've got to have strong leadership. But strong leadership, leadership has changed certainly over the 25 years that I've been in leadership. It's no longer um, about being a very, very vote leader from the front. I think humility is really important. I think there's a recognition that as leaders, you've got to show that we are only human as well. So uh, today, the common way of talking about that or the topical way of talking about that has become vulnerability and leadership. Mm. But humility and vulnerability go together. People want to be able to relate to leadership. They want to know that actually leadership is on the same platform as everybody else. And then I think leaders have got to care about the business and that that isn't just the person who's at the helm but the whole leadership team they've got to care and it's got to be genuine care there's got to be a passion for the business um, and people have got to got the, the, the people in the business have got to see that it matters you know in my mm. case um very simple example i know we've talked about it in the past ian we have lots of projects on site around london being delivered by our partner subcontractor chain and guys who are based on site, our construction managers, I make it a point once a week to spend a few hours to go to different sites unannounced to go and meet these guys, see what their challenges are, but actually to say thank you. And if we don't care as leaders about the product that's being delivered for our business, why should anybody else? So I think from leadership, that care, I don't know how else to describe it, is really, really important. And then I think, you know, why do people follow leadership and Pelton Rose, it's got to be around values. You know, we are values driven. We people people recognize the values, they see the values, they they, they the values resonate with them, their personal values, and therefore people are willing to follow. 
I think caring is such a strong word you're using there. It comes out in many textbooks about great leaders, of course, and it's the role modelling, as you say, demonstrated. And if you show you care about your people and your clients, guess what? They will show care about their clients and about their peers. And the other thing you talked about was this humility or this vulnerability which leaders need to show, which Jim Collins talks about in his Level 5 Leadership, that they have great humility. And of course, Patrick Lencioni talks about it in his book, The Ideal Team Player, where he talks about great leaders and great people are hungry, humble and smart. And those all fit into this growth mindset, which of course, as a leader, it's really important that you show you're not the finished article yet, and nor is anyone else. We can all keep improving from day to day, from year to year. So it strikes me that role modeling is a, a really big thing for you in Peldon Rose. Jim Collins also talks about growth from within, and, and that's a really important thing that, or bit of work that we do at Pelham Rose. It's very, it's too easy to, to think that people outside the business are far better and to start parachuting people in. And at Pelham Rose, we'd far more commit to the people that are in the business and develop them because the value system, as long as you've got the right people into the business with the right value system and the right attitude, then you can actually develop them. And, and you know, so therefore invest in your people. Now, I think our listeners will get a really clear understanding of the culture you've created in Peldon Rose from our discussion so far. But I wonder if you could share and distill the key leadership lessons you've picked up along the way to become the CEO you are today and to have built this top design and build business in the UK. What are those key leadership lessons you could share with us i think i start by the one i think is probably the most important and that is never be afraid to make a mistake that i think you know far too many times in leadership we think we need to have all the answers certainly in the last few years we've been talking much more about a vaca world it's very complex and ambiguity out there and Therefore, being able to take decisions, be comfortable that mistakes can be made is really, really important. doesn't mean we want to make mistakes, but mistakes do get made. So not having all the answers. I think tied to that would be having a, I call it a learning and a growth mindset. The world of business and leadership is constantly changing. As new generations keep coming into the workforce and technologies impact us, we have to continue developing as leaders. So what worked yesterday is, is definitely not going to work tomorrow. And so having that ability to continually work on yourself and to, to assist with that, um, being vulnerable enough to be able to ask people, your peer group, the people in your business, people that are looking for you for leadership, asking them what is going on in the business, but also what we can see happening in, in the world at large as well. So they are your biggest educators. So mm. being able to have a relationship where you can ask questions and get feedback is really, really important. And then the power of the employer brand, I would say, and uh, you've heard me mm. talk about Dorothy in my finance team. And you know, she's my beacon of our business in terms of have I covered every employee? She sits in the corner of our finance team, well out of the way, processing hundreds of purchase invoices. But it's really important that she's bought into the business. She is an ambassador of this business as well. And when I talk about employer brand, it's 
what is Dorothy saying about Peldon Rose, her employer, when she's at church on a Sunday with people that she doesn't know at all? You know, what are the backyard conversations that are happening about your business um, that you can't hear? And actually paying attention to those and making sure those are really powerful stories supporting the employer brand is important. And then I think yeah, this probably is more to do with humility, but it's, and actually I think Jim Collins talks about this, but it's windows and mirrors. In leadership, too many times um, when things are going really, really well, leaders give themselves a pat on the back. That's the time to actually look out and look at the people that are doing it for us. And when things aren't going as well as we expect them to go, then actually looking in the mirror and understanding what we should be doing differently. You know, I think that that is such a powerful leadership lesson that I've seen. And I see it every day. We when we deliver projects, you know, every every employee we have is a leader. That's, mm. again, what we should be thinking in businesses. Everyone is a leader and we should be looking at how um, they're creating their relationship with the groups that they work with. And to have a great business, I think it starts with employ well. So I know at Pelton Rose, it's really tough to get into Pelton Rose. In the industry, we're known as being one of the really tough recruiters, but I think it pays dividends because with the right attitude, you can actually develop some amazing talent. It's not the skills definitely recruit for the attitude you know i we've we've only recently recruited um someone and i do what we call a jp lunch where i get a cross section of people together once a month Mm. from across the business again it's a listening outlook program and i just ask them what are the grassroots issues in the business and this one new employee said to me that he he definitely knew he wanted to work at pelden rose and i said well how did you make up that decision uh, or how did you come to that decision? He goes, well, you were the only company that I went to that really grilled me in the interview process, had to go through three rounds. In one of the companies he went to, they offered him a job straight away in the meeting. And he said, I could see that it really mattered to, to get the right people into their business. And it really mattered to me to work for an organization that cared about its people. And I thought that was a really powerful lesson for me to to, to realize actually People are judging us on the process and the quality of the business by the steps we take to bring people on board. So let me sum up some of the things you said there, JP. Leaders should never be afraid to make a mistake. They don't have all the answers. Have a learning and growth mindset. Understand the power of employee brand. You mentioned Dorothy and employees are your ambassadors. The relationship between the window and the mirror, I absolutely love that one. We need to look outside and praise our people when things go well and look in the mirror when things don't go so well. You said everyone is a leader in the business and needs to act like one and have that responsibility. And finally, you talked about being a tough recruiter and people feeling that they've earned the right to work with you. So I'd like to finish with some quickfire questions, which you have no idea what I'm going to ask you. So let's start. Number one, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? My 18-year-old self. Oh, wow. God, these are straight from the heart, (laughs) aren't they? My 18-year-old self, I would say, explore everything, have an inquisitive mind. Second question, how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as somebody who has created a great platform for people to be successful. 
Nice. Le- leaving a legacy behind that continues beyond me. If you had to change one thing about yourself, what would it be? If I had to change one thing about myself, what it would it be? Too quickly coming to a um, conclusion. Keeping mm. a more open mind. Mm. How do you relax, JP? How do I relax? Well, yeah. this year I've taken to going for walks at lunchtime listening to podcasts. But I do like relaxing in the mountains and going skiing. And I like reading and I do technical Lego kits for my me time. <laughs> okay, JP, your final question. If you were to appear on Desert Island Discs, what would your luxury item be? I, I think, actually, I think my luxury item would be my Morris Lacroix watch because it's the first watch that I bought with my first salary. I also bought my father one and the children, we've bought one when they've turned 18. And so it has huge sentimental value to me and it would keep me connected with my family. Well, that was lovely to end on a family note. I know how much family means to you, JP. And just want to thank you very much for coming on the Gritty Leaders Club podcast. Been great listening to you about your thoughts on leadership and how you built Peldon Rose up. Best of luck in the future and see you very soon. Thank you, Ian. Thanks very much for your time.